Today, we're going to talk about developing an art style. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the 20th episode of the Game Dev Field Guide. I am your host, Zaccavelli. You can find me on Twitter, at underscore Zaccavelli underscore, and on Instagram on the same handle. And there is a community Discord. The open invite link is in the show notes. So this is the part of the show where we do the Game Dev Challenge. The Game Dev Challenge is a episodically... Yeah, that's the right word. Episodically based challenge, um, where usually I give everyone a prompt and then they put in their submissions. And it's little things um, like designing gameplay or showing off, making some art. Um, With last episodes, I maybe asked for a little bit too much, which is why um, we didn't have any submissions. Um, In case you were curious, last episode was to design a UI um, kind of sketch it out on a piece of paper, which as we talked about last week, UI design is kind of its like own whole career. So, um, maybe that was a little bit too much to ask for, for two weeks. So that's on me. Uh, but no worries. We're just going to move forward to the game dev challenge for this episode. The game dev challenge for this episode is to create two pieces of game art with the same aesthetic and style. And we're going to talk about, um, you know, keeping things within the style of your game uh, later in today's episode. But just so you know enough for now, what I'm looking for is like two, they can be really simple pieces of art. Maybe they're just two sword sprites or really any objects or characters, or you can go as small or as big as you want. What I'll be looking for here is a consistency in style. And later in the episode, we're going to talk about a style guide. Um, Maybe it would be cool to include with your submission, just like call out like eyes are drawn like drawed eyes are drawn like this or you know just little like notes in the margin about uh, what things make your style your style so yeah that'll be the submission i'm looking for just two really simple pieces of art that share a similar aesthetic and style and maybe some notes in the margin about the style you're going for so with that let's jump over to the body of the episode so today's episode is about developing an art style and this kind of is in like two frames of mind In my mind, anyways, um, there's two ways to think about developing an art style. The two ways are both from an art style that, as it pertains to a game and an art style that pertains to you, yourself, as a developer. The first one I want to talk about is developing an art style for yourself. By this, I mean a style that distinguishes your projects as yours. Um, A really good example, there's a game dev YouTuber called Blackthorn Prod. And anytime you see Blackthorn Prod's projects, I just know like right away it's him because his art style is just very distinct and very interesting. And I think I'm not the only one who knows it's when it's his projects. Um, and I think that's why he's become a relatively successful uh, game dev YouTuber is just because of his unique style. When you see one of his videos, one of his thumbnails, um, or one of his game projects, you know it's his. And I think being recognized by your style is a very good thing. Um, because it distinguishes your projects from the noise. I always talk about how competitive the 
video game market is and how hard it is to get attention. And having a unique, consistent style helps you and your projects stick out. And you might be thinking to yourself, uh, but Zach, I'm not a good artist. I don't have any style. Um, But there's good news. You can either A, pay someone for their art style, or B, uh, the one that I favor a little bit more, and we'll talk about it later, but B is to develop your own art style, even if you're not an artist. And I'm going to explain how this works in a second. So let's talk about developing your own style. You guys know that I'm a fan of what I call Swiss Army Knife game development. Um, This means that you can do all of what it takes to make a game. Um, You can do all the coding, the art, the marketing, the game design, all of it. You can do all of it to some degree. doesn't mean you have to be an expert in all of them, but you can do them all um, enough to finish a game. And this isn't how I always was. I used to think that, well, I'm a game designer, um, but I can't code and I can't draw. And once I realized that I could never afford to pay someone to code my game and to uh, do the art for my game ideas... I decided to bite the bullet and learn how to code. And once I learned how to code, then I thought, well, I can design and code a game, but I could never do the art. And I thought this because, like, learning code is one thing. I was already a math kind of guy, um, but I'm not an artist. And I used to think in this weird, like, binary way that, like, you're either born an artist or you're born a programmer, and that's the archetype that you have to fit in. But I don't personally believe that anymore, and the reason I bring it up is that I know someone out there uh, is probably thinking the same thing. Now, don't get me wrong, some people are just born being better at art, and some people are just naturally better at, like, math and computers and stuff, but art is like anything in that um, it's a skill you can learn, and it takes practice to get better at it, but it's not, like, locked off to only people who were born artists, just like programming is not locked off to the other side. Um, It does take time to develop your art skill, but it's something that I believe everyone can do. And here's the cool thing about art and art styles, and I forgot where I heard this, and um, it's not my quote, but it really helps me kind of understand this concept. And it's that only you can make the art that you're going to make. Your artistic expression is heavily dependent on your experiences, your emotions, your influences, and the methods you use. And because those things can be broken down into like millions of variables, um, each of us is capable of producing a unique art style. Not to mention that these things change with time. Um, Maybe what you thought was cool and what influenced you five years ago is not the same as now, or maybe you have different experiences or emotions from then to now. Um, That kind of shows how one's own personal art style can be totally different just given a certain amount of time. But once you understand that your art style just kind of comes naturally, the only thing left to do is to refine it. And by refine it, I mean you have to be able to have the technical art skill to convert your style that's influenced by your emotions, your experiences, and all that. You have to be able to communicate that. And there is some level of technical art skill required to do that. And this is kind of where we shift from the big picture philosophical stuff to the actual tactics of you developing your own personal art style. You do need, like I said, some kind of technical art skill um, in order to express all the things that make your style unique. If you can only draw stick figures, for instance, then you're kind of limited to the influences, experiences, and emotions 
that you can communicate in stick figure format. And so in order to develop this technical skill, um, art for video games is like any other skill. You just get good by practicing. There's no secret or workaround. You just have to do it, and the more you practice it, the better you'll get. And unfortunately, because of the way the video game market is, it's really saturated with a lot of games. And so the art basically determines if someone takes a chance on your game or not. Um, This is because if you'll imagine someone who's buying games on Steam, for instance, all they see is a bunch of thumbnails for video games. And it's the art that makes them decide whether or not they're going to click on the game or not. And so if your game is going to live or die by someone's initial impressions of the art, I could understand why you might not want to use yourself as the main artist, um, especially if you're still practicing and learning. And this is where I think the viability of paying someone for their art style is definitely a good option. But like I said earlier, I'm kind of a fan of the Swiss Army knife um, kind of style of developing. So how could you make this work while you're still developing your own art style and practicing, um, how do you make it so that your technical skill doesn't limit the amount of interest that your game gets? Well, for that, you have to rely on some crutches. And crutches are just simple tricks in this instance that will help you make good-looking projects while you practice and develop your own personal art style. So the first one of these crutches is to pick an aesthetic that is easier to pull off. Um, If you don't know what an aesthetic is or you've never heard this before, go listen to the Game Art for Non-Artist episode um, for more tips specifically about this. But to save you time, an aesthetic is kind of like a general theme, or even I guess you could call it the game's art style, which we'll talk about later, that kind of ties it all together. And I think it can be very helpful because there are some aesthetics out there, like the one that I always go to is like sort of a neon simple shapes one uh, like Geometry Wars. Geometry Wars was I think it was like one of the top selling games on Xbox 360 marketplace and its art style it was literally just squares and circles and triangles uh, with neon borders but the developers pulled it off and kind of tied it together with good music and interesting visuals and the simple art style was enough to have people um, you know click and buy on the game in the marketplace. And then they backed up the great graphics with great game design and yeah, just an overall really good package. So yeah, that's the first crutch you can use. Look up some easier aesthetics to do and kind of follow along with those. Another kind of crutch basically in the same vein or very similar vein is that um, you can copy an art style that you like and kind of put your own twist on it. Look at the influence that Minecraft has had on the art style since it came out. The voxel style, which is what Minecraft is in, where everything's kind of represented in blocks, is somewhat easy to do. Basically, if you're good at making things look good with Legos, for instance, or if you're good at making things look good in Minecraft, you have some sort of baseline skill with voxel style art. And if you look on Steam, there are tons of successful games with almost the exact same style as Minecraft. And I think it's just really interesting that before Minecraft, there were very few voxel-style games, and now there's artists whose whole careers um, are based on voxels. I think that's pretty cool, and it shows the power and influence a game can have. And yeah, I think like I'm actually extremely thankful that Minecraft became such a success because it opened the door to so many creators, not only within the world of Minecraft, but also 
in indie games, the voxel style is still very much an acceptable style that people do on Steam and make successful games on Steam. So that's an example of where you can copy a style that you like or you know that works, put your own twist on it, and yeah, that's a good crutch to have when you're kind of first starting out. So the last tip I have is kind of related to that, and the tip or crutch you can use um, for developing your own art style is find a method that works for you. So you might listen to that last crutch that I just gave you, and you might say to yourself, well, pixel art, retro pixel art is really popular on Steam. I love the way it looks, and that's what I should use for my game. And the problem with this is that I think pixel art is perceived because it's kind of simple in the sense that there are less just straight up pixels, I guess. It's like a lower resolution, and so it kind of is perceived as being something simple, but pixel art and especially recreating like retro pixel art is something that requires a lot of skill and experience from an artist. And so what I don't want you to do with the last tip is just jump on a trend um, because that's what's hot in indie games. But if you're just not very good at it or you're, it's uncomfortable, it's going to be something that you're going to struggle with. And sooner or later you're going to have to struggle with all kinds of art, right? But I think it's just easiest when you're first starting out and learning to develop your style that you start with something you know. And I know this from experience because like five years ago, I was really big on pixel art. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to try hard and become a pixel artist. And five years later, I still tr struggle to make presentable pixel art. And I think that's because I hadn't even really learned to draw or like the basics of drawing before I started. But on the flip side, I started practicing Blender for 3D art earlier this year. And it came a lot more natural to me. It came quickly. Um, I kind of was able to pick it up. And I attribute that to me um, being in the engineering industry for my full-time job. Um, I have to do like a lot of CAD and a lot of like 3D drafting. So I took something that I already kind of knew how to do or had some kind of baseline skill at. And then I used that as my method for art. And that came along a lot quicker. And I've only been doing that for maybe the like a quarter of the time I've been doing pixel art and I can already make like decently presentable stuff. So yeah, I wish I would have discovered Blender way sooner because I think my progression in my art style would have come along quicker. And so my point is, is that while you are learning, um, you should make your game art with the method that you like the most, uh, not necessarily what's hot on the market. And with all tips that I have, like nothing is black and white in game dev or in life really and so there is something to be said for using a popular style for a commercial game but while you're learning I think you should stick to what's comfortable to you um, and you'll be able to make better looking games faster and if that just so happens to be something that's popular right now so be it but if you are like a if you know how to finger paint really well finger paint your art scan it and use that as your game art that's totally valid and just because no one else really does that or that's not that popular doesn't mean you shouldn't do it for game dev in fact if you did that you'd probably catch some attention because i don't know anyone who uses finger painting art and <laughs> maybe that'll that could be really cool so yeah and at this point um we're kind of going to drift over from your personal art style to the art style of your game and you might be thinking, well, what's the difference between my personal art style and my games that I make? 
and it's kind of an abstract thought, but here's how I think of it. Um, your game kind of develops its own personality and style. It will be influenced by your personal style, and if you're working with more than one person, it will be influenced by everyone's personal style, and it kind of becomes a blend of everything. As you are making your game, you also start to become a better artist, and the blend will happen between like your former artist self and your now artist self, if that makes sense. So if you progress in your skill a lot while you're making your game, the art that you made at the beginning and the art that you make at the end can feel really different. Or if one person makes one part of the game and another person makes a different part of the game, it'll feel really different. In fact, in teams, usually there's a creative director or an art director that kind of takes everyone's styles and blends it into one vision. And it's the creative director's job to make sure the most important thing happens with the game's art style. And that thing is that it has to be consistent. You run into a problem when you make parts of your games with different styles, whether that be because you yourself have progressed and kind of your style has changed while you've gotten better, or because you have m many team members who all have a little bit different art styles. The problem is, is that these things can conflict and feel different and your game's personality and sort of its own style becomes blurry because it's like a blend of too many different things. The ideal thing for a game's personality and art style and direction is that it's so clear that when you see it, you know what it is. Just like when I was talking earlier about a Blackthorn Prod game, um, you just know it's one of his games by how it looks. You can also know the name of a game or know what a game is just by how it looks. And you run into problems and you don't develop this clarity when the art style shifts around because the game's personality becomes bland, um, it doesn't stand out, and that's just because you got like too many different things going on. This is why I don't recommend using something like Unity's Asset Store or free art off the internet um, for all of the art of your game. It can certainly make sense in prototyping and even for some small props and kind of odds and ends for using stuff you download from other art sources. But what it can lead to when you use it for all your art is that it's lots of conflicting different art styles, right? Because if you're downloading stuff from here and stuff from there, those artists weren't in contact with each other, they didn't have one vision, they didn't do the same method. And this is how your game's personality becomes blurry and it's no longer a clear, like, well-defined thing. And what ends up happening when you have assets from all over the place is it just ends up looking kind of, like, generic and cheap. So if you're going to use art from a bunch of different sources, just make sure that all of the creators of the art are on the same page and kind of share a somewhat similar vision of the game's personality and art style. And so now that we know that the art style, the most important thing is to keep it consistent, you might ask, well, how do I ensure that it is consistent? And so I have a few tips and tricks for this. The first is um, I like to use the golden rule, or my golden rule anyways, of evoking an emotion, which is just a general game development philosophy I have, um, and that's that everything that you design should be trying to evoke emotion in some point, or in some way, rather. Um, so yeah, think about the emotions associated with your game, and then think of things in the art that help that emotion. 
or kind of bring it out of the game. A great example of this to me comes from um, the art style and design of Pokemon. The creative director, I think he's the creative director, maybe he's the art director. Anyway, his name is James Turner. He's kind of the guy in charge of, like, coming up with the Pokemon designs. And I think he said something like, every Pokemon should look like it can be your friend. And I think it's important to know that James Turner only recently took over um, the Pokemon designs responsibility. Uh, Before him, it was a guy named Ken Sugimori, I think, or Sugimori. And you can almost see the difference in kind of art styles between those two. And for me... The biggest difference and the most noticeable thing to me is in the way that the eyes are drawn. Now, back in the day, let's think about like classic Pokemon designs like Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur. I wouldn't necessarily say that they can look like they would be your friend. And the thing to me that gives me this feeling, that emotion that they're trying to evoke now, um, is in the eyes. Back in the day, Sugimori drew the eyes with more of like a triangular, um, sharp composition. This kind of made them feel more like monsters, which, you know, obviously fit the branding back in the day. Remember when they were first come up with Pokemon, they were pocket monsters. But now that Pokemon has kind of developed its own personality and style, the more modern Pokemon are kind of going with this kind of every Pokemon should look like it can be your friend style. And this results in softer eyes. Um, If you'll notice that now Pokemon's eyes are a lot more like round and kind of uh, softer in regards to the angles. This makes them look less mean and kind of more like, uh, like how James Turner said, more like they could be your friend. And I think this is how you can use kind of the emotional considerations of your game, you can kind of tie that into your art style and how, in this case, characters are represented in your game. So the next tip I have for keeping things consistent in your art style is make sure that they're consistent within the story of your world. A game that does this really well is the Halo series, or at least the first trilogy. In Halo, you have um, the UNSC, the humans, Um, and the Covenant, who are the aliens. And they both are very distinguishable by their style. The UNSC is very industrial. Um, They have drab gray and green colors, and their vehicles are like armor-plated and really boxy. The Covenant, on the other hand, um, they kind of have deep purple colors, and their vehicles are sleek and futuristic. And you can distinguish these two almost immediately. You don't really even have to look that hard you can tell by the silhouettes for instance which is which and each side has its own distinct style which makes sense um, within the story of the world right the UNSC is kind of a future version of our modern militaries and the Covenant are like these high-tech aliens and these designs became so iconic I think that's actually why the later games in Halo like 4 and 5 they weren't as well received because they started changing these sort of art styles. I think that really kind of rubbed the community the wrong way, especially how they changed the armor on the Spartans, kind of going from the classic, like, Master Chief um, sort of armor plates to, like, a more mobile and sleek, almost like armor suit. But I guess the point of this tip is to make sure that your um, artistic style makes sense within the story of your world, like I said. 
you can almost even add to the story and tell a story with the style of your art assets. And the last tip I have for keeping a consistent art style in your games is that make sure you're using the same method to create your art. This can be like the software that you use um, or even like the style that you draw in. And this is where we start getting into things like style guides. A style guide is a document that lists all the things that makes your game style its own. This can be really simple things like how many fingers you draw on a character's hand, um, how detailed the textures are, the resolution of your sprites, do you draw Pokemon with sharp eyes or soft eyes, things like that. It can really be anything that helps you or other artists working on your project stay consistent. If you want a really good example of this, um, Google Simpsons style guide and it'll show you how the animators for the Simpsons have a style guide on how characters in the Simpsons should be shown. It'll talk about like how their teeth are shaped, um, what a smile looks like, and it's really small detailed stuff like whether the smile is drawn up to the ears or kind of past the ears. It's little things like that and attention to detail like that that keeps a consistent style um, whether it be a cartoon you're making or a game, it, it helps keep a consistent style and gives your game a clear personality. So just to sum everything up, I personally think about artistic style in two frames of mind. Uh, one, talking about your own as an artist, your personal art style, and then talking about the art style and personality that relates specifically to your game. Developing a personal art style is great for getting more attention um, in a saturated market. And remember that anyone is capable of developing a unique art style um, because you can only make the art that you are going to make. Remember that it does take practice to get good at art and develop a strong style. And this is because you just need technical skill to convert your experiences and your emotions and all the things that make your style your own. You need technical skill to communicate that. It takes practice to get good at this technical skill. Um, although, like I said, anyone is capable of doing that. But in the meantime, you may want to use some crutches while you learn because you want to make sure things look good on your game because your game will be judged heavily by the art. So the crutches you can use are things like picking an easy aesthetic, copying a art style or aesthetic that you already know works, and using a method that comes easy to you. Remember that a game's art style is its own personality that is influenced by the artists that work on the game. You want to make sure that this personality is clear and distinct, and you do this with consistency. You can keep consistency by focusing on the emotion you're going for, the world your art exists in, and using the same method to create your art. Document all the things that make your game style its own and create a style guide. This will help you stay on track, uh, not only in the future, but if you happen to work with any artists, um, it'll help the team all have one clear and distinct vision for the style and personality of your game. And with that, I'm going to end the episode. Um, next episode will be episode 21. It will be on designing gunplay. Remember, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Zachavelli underscore. You can find me at the same handle on Instagram. There is an open Discord. Um, the invite link is in the show notes. It's also in my Twitter bio. The Discord's awesome. It's a community full of people. 
Um, from every level of game dev learning to make games, it's a great place to come ask questions or just get inspired. So I would encourage you to come check it out. With that, I'm going to sign off. I've been Zachavelli. Keep those Pokemon eyes sharp, and I'll see you guys next time.